verses 1 through 17. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who is descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I serve with my spirit by announcing the gospel of his Son, is my witness that without ceasing I remember you always in my prayers, asking that by God's, will I, asking that by God's will I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. For I am longing to see you that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you or rather so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Hence my eagerness to proclaim the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. It, as it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. This is the word of the Lord. Romans. Romans is a book in the New Testament. I'm giving you a quick brief overview of it before we dive into chapter 1. Written by a guy called Paul. Before becoming a Christian, Saul, as he was known by, was a devout Jew. He saw Jesus as his follow- and his followers as a bit of a problem, so he sought to get rid of them by one way or another. Then a um, big, bright and loud encounter with Jesus, um, and then he changed his ways. He became part of uh, Team Jesus Uh, Then he was known as an an apostle, somebody whose job it was to travel around, telling people about the gospel, telling people about Jesus, establishing and planting churches. Then he would often move on to another place, but then keep in touch by writing letters. And these letters would include things like calling out ungodly bad practices, encouraging them, further teaching, all those kind of things. And Romans is just that, a letter to a church that Paul established in Rome. At the time that Paul wrote Romans, the Roman church was a little bit confused and divided, not knowing how to properly follow Jesus. There were some people who were still stuck on the the Jewish laws, kosher and circumcision and all that, and others were saying, no, we don't need to do that anymore, and they were a little bit divided and confused. So one of the uh, main reasons that Paul wrote the, the letter of Romans, I would imagine, was to unite them around the gospel, making the Roman church less problematic and a bit more useful. So it begins in chapters 1 to 4, speaking of God's righteousness, then talks about a new humanity in, verse, uh, in chapters 5 to 8, 
Uh, it talks about how God fills, fulfills his promise to Israel through Jesus in 9 to 11, and then it finishes up with how this will unite the whole church going forward. This is my very, very brief overview of Romans. If you want something better, which I would encourage you to do, look on YouTube, the Bible Project, Overview of Romans. You'll get so much more out of this sermon series if you look up those two videos. They're very, very good, very helpful. Right. Back, back to the, the sermon of today and the reading that Johan read out for us. So in this sermon, I want to have a look at Paul, specifically, the writer of Romans. He is a man who is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He proudly preaches uh, and holds it at a higher value than his very life. I want to examine some of the reasons for this, um, this evening, uh, out of this evening's passage, in order that we might have a refresher of what the gospel is, its implications on our lives, so we can be inspired to be a bit more like Paul. So starting from the 1400s, thereabout, kings or queens would have messengers, and they would wear a silver greyhound. There might be a slide for it. So they'd wear a silver greyhound, just like that, often accompanied with a blue ribbon um, as, as a mark of who they were. Even today, they can still be found wearing like a little silver greyhound on their tie or in a brooch, accompanied by that, that blue ribbon that you see on the screen. Their job is to deliver important and sensitive messages on behalf of the king or queen. And they have special privileges. You'll see on the, on the slide there, they've got a special passport. So on flights, they don't have to go through security. You can only see half of it. I'm not, not sure why that is, but... Yeah, there. Uh, they have special privileges. They have diplomatic immunity to security searches. They can pass through because some of the things they're holding might be sensitive or you don't want the wrong people seeing. And a long time ago, they would have gone around on horses with guards and soldiers with them for protection. This was and still is um, because the importance of the message, not them themselves. It was the importance of the message that they carried the message they carried was, so, was important for a few different reasons. Firstly, because of its origin. It was a message from the king or queen themselves, which instantly makes it more important than any other message. It also has power. The message, a message sent by the king or queen has a lot of authority and power. And the message itself carries that whole authority of the person it originated with. So it's a great responsibility to carry these messages. So as we begin this venture through the book of Romans, I thought I would focus this evening on one of Paul's most inspiring qualities, his relationship with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it sets, us, it sets the scene really nicely for the entire book. And it's something that consistently challenges and inspires me. We see that throughout Paul's life that he never feared what others might say about him. He never feared what others might do to him. He didn't even fear death because of his understanding and his relationship with the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. Paul preached the gospel boldly and was not ashamed of its message. Look at verse 1. Paul begins his letter to the Romans with an introduction. This is how letters would have been signed um, at the time. They would have started by who it's from. He might have been Paul. Um, other people might have added a bit more information. You know, we, we have titles nowadays. You could be doctor, so-and-so, or they might include PhD after if they're really clever. And that's that kind of their boast, their identity. What was Paul's? He says, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart 
for the gospel of God. Firstly, though, what actually is the gospel that Paul dedicated his life to? Well, the word gospel simply means good news. And the book of Romans covers everything we need to know, as you'll find out in later weeks. But here's a quick overview. In chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In chapter 6, verse 23, it says, The wages of sin is death. In chapter 5, verse 8, it says, When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in chapter 10, verse 9, it says, And finally, all that declare faith in Jesus will be saved. And this is good news, isn't it? This is good news. Romans tells us that we're in a sticky situation, but it's okay because Jesus has got us. He's died for us. And we can be safe through faith in him. That's good news. That is the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. It's what our church is planted on and it's central to the Christian faith. Paul dedicated his life to the gospel and he helpfully Uh, labelled and dedicated this good news in the first few verses. In the gospel, it is the gospel of God. The origin of this message, the origin of this good news was God. Furthermore, the gospel of God concerning his son. So it's good news that's from God and it's about his son, Jesus Christ. The message of good news, the gospel, is a message from God to humanity saying that Jesus Christ has died for you. He has died for your sins and you can inherit eternal life through faith in him. That is the gospel. That is the good news. That is the message that Paul carried. So Paul lives his life in service to this gospel and he gives some great justifications and explanations for this in the passage here. The first one was its origins. He talks about the origins of the gospel. For a message or a piece of information to bear any weight, its origins are very important. If anyone wants to share a fact with me and, and I ask them, oh, where did you get that from? Oh, I saw it on TikTok. I, no, I don't trust that. I don't trust that at all. When I was writing essays for my degree, I, we, we had to construct our own arguments using sources of other people, um, maybe people who are, are experts in their field. Uh, and the bibliography was very important where we got our information from and who we accredited it to was very important. I I never did this, I promise. Um, But if any of my essays, I I, I said, well, on Wikipedia it says this, my my markers wouldn't have been best pleased. I wouldn't have got a very good mark. I needed to examine theologians and people who had written books on, on their subjects, people who are experts in their field. I needed to get their work to back up my own for it to get a good mark and to be strong. I wonder as well if you've ever heard the playground response says who I was in primary school I was never particularly naughty nor was I kind of a goody two shoes so I just kind of got to sit back and watch these kind of things unfold you get the naughty kids who are like climbing trees or um, fighting with each other or doing things that weren't allowed and then you get the kind of goody goody children who says well you must stop that now and then their response is says who well I do Well, that gets ignored very quickly, doesn't it? They go straight back to what they're doing. Then they'll march off, they'll go to a teacher, they'll tell on them, and the teacher will say, oh, you better tell them not to do that. They'll go back and they'll say, you must stop doing that. Same response, says who? Well, Mrs. Edwards says, oh, you better stop doing that then. And if you went to my primary school, you know that that carries a lot of weight. (laughs) She was very scary. And kings or queens' messages were really important, not because of who they were or the 
type of ink that was used in their messages. They were important because of the origins, the person who wrote that message or letter. This good news that Paul carries bears more weight than any teacher, king, or theologian. The gospel of Jesus originates with, from God, the creator and sustainer of the universe. There is no higher weight that any message can bear simply because of where it came. Paul carried a message that was straight from God. And when you put it that way, why would you be ashamed of it? See, the message of God that Paul is ded- dedicated to bears much weight because of its origin. But the gospel also carries a lot of power. A message with power, that's not one to be ashamed of as well. A king or queen's messenger carries the authority of the power that, of whom sent the message, which is quite a lot. The power to change laws, to bring peace or, uh, or start wars. The gospel, accompanied by the Holy Spirit, holds the power of God. It has the power to change lives, cities, and nations. The gospel is the only power unto which one can grant eternal life. The message of the gospel carries the weight of salvation. Very important word in the Bible and the Christian faith, meaning the deliverance from sin and death into eternal life in heaven. Paul was unashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, because of the weight it bore from its originator and because of the power that it holds. Finally, Paul was unashamed of the gospel because it has a purpose. A king or queen's message is unlikely to be pointless or futile. If it's not worth sending, then why send it at all? Maybe it was battle plans, maybe an urgent call for help, whatever you can imagine. But it would have been important. Likewise, the gospel has a great purpose, and Paul was a part of it. He was set apart for the gospel. See again verse 1. Paul has been called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel has a purpose in Paul's life. He experienced the love and forgiveness that comes from it. And then God called him to go forward and tell everybody else about it so they can experience that love and that forgiveness, that salvation, that good news also. What does this mean for us today and our relationship with God and our relationship with this gospel, this message of hope that we carry I wonder if it might just be helpful to have a, a, few, a few moments to, to reflect on what it means to us and what we're going to do with it and about it. So to recap, Paul is unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ as it originates from the highest form of authority and it bears so much weight. It holds a great deal of power. It holds the power of God and it has been given to Paul for a purpose to share with anyone who will listen in order that they too might understand this message of hope and be transformed by the gospel as well. So how do you handle this message of good news? Do you ever feel ashamed or embarrassed to call yourself a Christian or for believing the gospel? Do you recognize that its origins are with God? Do you understand the power that it holds, the power to change people's lives? If you let the gospel change you, would you say that you were set aside for the gospel like Paul is?
for those of you who do believe the gospel and have accepted the good news into your life, uh, of the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, I'd love to leave you with an encouragement. Remember the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Remember how important it is, how powerful it is. And let it continue to change you and inspire you. Be confident, not ashamed. Others may have their thoughts and judgments. Paul faced those kind of things for sure. But we carry the message of good news given to us by God himself. Phil Wickham recently released an album. One of the songs contained these words addressed to Jesus, which I really like. He says, You wore my sin. I'll gladly wear your name. Quite challenging, yet very powerful and encouraging words. And for those of you who maybe have not accepted the good news of Jesus' um, gospel into your lives, I want to leave you with a thought. Paul was a changed man after his encounter with Jesus. When he heard and understood the gospel, it gave him a new purpose for living and a power he never experienced before. And he just wanted everybody else to know about it. He wanted everybody else to experience that same joy and transformation that he experienced. The thing with Jesus is that we can have a relationship with him. Freedom from sin, eternity in heaven, through faith. No strings attached, no requirements, simply just faith. This is what makes it such good news.